The crash site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yuggera and Turbal peoples. We also pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's land. Should we start a um, start this podcast with uh, when we figure out what the topic is with a poetic um, reading from Men at Work? Can we have a word from our Patreon sponsors today, please? Hi guys, I uh, just want to say hey, hi. <laughs> I love this show because <laughs> it makes me think about things i would like it if you could answer a question on today's show of course carl can can i say it now yep yep what do you think is going to change the world in 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 soon i'm so glad you asked carl i think nfts are gonna change the world What's an <laughs> NFT? <laughs> Tarek, please explain. Oh, no. <laughs> Something to do with blockchain. That's all I remember. Possible. We have a topic for you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Zane chokes on beer. I swear to God, all right. if you edit that out, I'm going to tell the people that it happened anyway. Oh, I won't edit that out. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to be like, okay, ready, steady, cook. What have we got today on the meal? Well, the capsicum team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm no. What's the other one? Tomato. I'm the tomato team. No, I f- <laughs> tomato. Okay, I'll be the tomato team. I'll be the capsicum team. Okay, capsicum goes first. What's the topic? I reckon we talk about temptation. 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 Our relation to it. That's good. Why it exists. How you can utilize it in artistic practice and day to day. Whether you think it's not a good thing to use day to day what do you think it's kind of like you know mm. rude i mean temptation can be used in a lot of different ways temptation. do you think it's manipulative should we start with trying to define temptation temptation mm. manifests in many forms too mm. i feel like i feel like it's very contextual yeah. right it's like immediately there's like this idea of like food there's <laughs> this idea of also like self i don't know it kind of makes me think of self-motivation you know, like when you like you can kind of hack that and like deliberately tempt yourself mm. or you can like mm. really like lean, lean in some, it can become like a negative vice or it can be a very like propelling thing, mm. knowing what your temptations are, or like desires are mm. um, and leveraging that. Do you have, do you have a way that you use your temptations to motivate you in a kind of daily routine way? Like, do you do you have maybe, like, um, positive reinforcement in a way where you let yourself have something that you shouldn't to do more? I would say, I would say like, one thing I do is I like to, like, earn my time off, you know? Like, I feel like um, that's, like, one thing is, like, if, if I'm going to take, like, an afternoon off or an evening off or, like, a day off, like I'll very deliberately like schedule, like try and do a heap of work beforehand. So then I can like let, you know, actually be like, I've deserved this, I've earned this. Or mm. if I'm going to like have a night where it's like, all right, I'm going out, I'm getting burgers and <laughs> I'm going to have ice cream for dessert. You know, it's going to be like a big sort of, I'm like really going to sort of let loose off, you know, like diet routine, all of that stuff. Mm. Like I want to like earn that. And so like I'll do a big, I'll, it'll motivate me to like do a big heavy workout that day, work really hard and then be able to just like, 
coppers. Pig out. Mm. Pig out. This is my temptation because I love snacking. So I just have nuts and dried fruit and some bits of dark chocolate. But that's very like much from a food lens. But that like this saves me from pigging out on chocolate all the time. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have mostly salted nuts or plain nuts? um, It's smoked, but I add salt to it. Mm. I do. I do like salt. Mm. Yeah, too. sodium is definitely a temptation in the food world, right? Yeah. Mm. Do you think you could like completely abstain from salt? No, no way. Or, or but from this temptation, like Zane's talking about, that this that snacking mm. is like a temptation for him. Like, do, mm. have you tried complete abstinence? It sucks. <laughs> I don't like it. Feels <laughs> like a young boy. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Every time someone says that sentence, all I can think of is Pauline Hanson. <laughs> no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. Mm. It was in Ren and Stimpy too. Sorry. <laughs> Tarek, what's your relationship with temptation? Uh, good question. I don't I don't know if <laughs> you asked her first. <laughs> you're like yeah. you're like, hey, so like what's everyone else's temptation? I ask it back to you. Great question. <laughs> Where did you come up with that one? <laughs> was it, was it, yeah. I'm like I'm complimenting myself through you. Yeah, you're my vessel of complimentation. Okay. Oh, I'm happy to be a vessel. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm not sure if I have heaps of temptations. Um I get tempted to like go home and just relax all the time mm. like when i get home i just want to drop everything and go to sleep so sleep is probably a temptation sometimes i'll yeah i definitely do the positive reinforcement thing of saying okay if i get x amount of hours of work done then i can chill out and watch a panel show on my bed and not talk to anyone and that's okay what's a panel show <laughs> oh just like um you know like a quiz show or something oh, i yeah. watch like so much like <laughs> that ready stuff. steady cook yeah, but Ish. it's normally it's like a comedy show or something okay. like that. Yeah, like yeah. that something with cats. Is that yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like I like the ones where people just make up stories and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I just find it interesting. Or factual ones, and then I'm maybe learning something. Probably not learning something, but yeah. But I mean, it's interesting because I feel like temptation feels like a bit of a negative word. Like it does. It's I'm like maybe, loaded. Yeah, like I, you know, like you think of like deadly sins, and you know, mm. like you know, like greed and guilt and regret. sexuality sexuality yeah. like this yeah which is also once again it's kind of from this very like conservative lens of like you know anyone that is like tempted by another person is you know bad it feels like it's very like archaic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um as a concept whereas i feel like maybe here is more this idea of like reward you know it's like yeah. it's like a relationship with reward maybe we're more so talking at the moment maybe we're more so talking about the idea of temptation to differ from routine you know, or what you perceive yeah. to be the right thing to do. Yeah. Because mm. you know what I was thinking was that temptation for me has two aspects to it. There's like desire and necessity mm. in that talking about the temptation to relax is also a necessity. And I think that that feeling of wanting or, you know, needing something, mm. you, you should listen to that sometimes but also there's yeah the desire for it because you're not in that situation or you're not actually needing it but you want it mm. is i feel like that's the difference there yeah a want not a need 
Mm. Or, or maybe there's a relationship there with longing too, right? Like longing for something else. So there's this temptation for what, you know, life used to be like or what life could be, you know? So you're tempted by these like mm. other perspectives, which takes you out from actually being grateful or being present and where you're actually at. Yes. Mm. Um, so you can be tempted by, I feel like past and future. Mm. Um, as nostalgia. Well. Yeah. I struggle with nostalgia in a, in, in a good way, I guess, in that it's so easy to get caught up in my head and thinking about memories and that I do get distracted from the present mm. a lot. Mm. But I also really thoroughly enjoy that sensation, like the full body experience of nostalgia, you know? That that experience is like so phenomenal, mm. like because it kind of hurts, yeah. Like you yeah. know, like and it and it is so tempting because you can also dwell in it, yes. Like when when it catches you and you like remember a moment, you go, "Whoa, I'm feeling that moment," but at the same time, I'm feeling the fact that it's over and I'll never get it back. Mm. Mm. Like you'll feel it's like both. It's like it's that like nice kind of pain of like knowing it happened, but then you can also get into like a. Or at least what I've found for myself is then sometimes I can like just kind of want to stay there a bit and like mm. kind of keep hitting that button mm-hmm. and kind of sit in this like, it's like melancholic nostalgia, this sort of mixture of emotions. And yep. sometimes I think that's productive. And then sometimes I'm like, well, I've got to like get out of this because then <laughs> I come back to reality and I'm like, oh, now I feel kind of bad mm. about being here. Um, it's, it's kind of this balance of mm. your relationship with it. Yeah, and I guess you're also kind of scared of the unknown, right? You know, nostalgia holds so much um, understanding within it. You know, you've been there, you've experienced it, you understand what your experience was. Maybe you'd find a new lens within that experience if you looked at it in a different way, but at least you know that you're safe. And I feel like it has something to do with, um, like, the monkey brain. So it's like the idea of your primal brain Mm. and the fact that, um, you know, uh, when we were nomads and we were roaming in tribes and stuff, we would be afraid of anything that looked different or other or was a threat to the tribe kind of thing. So that idea of the unknown can really signal a very primal part of like a very similar to fight or flight kind of thing. And I guess maybe nostalgia holds a good feeling, like maybe a good feeling of safety washes over you within that experience Mm. but um do you ever push yourself to try something new instead of i guess the easiest um example of that would be you know when you you're lying down in front of the netflix and you're like okay am i going to watch something i know or am i going to watch something new like am i going to try a new movie am i going to push myself or am i just going to watch like that show that i love because i'm tired and i can't be bothered comprehending something new and processing something new but i often find when I push myself, I, I end up loving the next new thing, but it genuinely does take me a while. Like I rewatch stuff all the time. Mm. Yeah. That's probably my most common experience of nostalgia on a daily basis. Mm. That's actually so interesting. Cause I, something I've been really conscious of recently is like kind of checking in with like my relationship with anxiety, like in the way that I get anxious of like new things or not knowing the process of doing something. Mm. So, you know, one of the things recently is I started climbing. Zane got me mm. to start climbing. Yay. But I remember like on Monday. I'm pretty sure I told you to climb yeah, too, I, by I, the way. I think, yeah, I yeah. think I was there. Every, everyone sort of told me to climb, said you'd really like it. Of course, like I did really love it, right? But then there was this like, what was kind of holding me back initially was like 
I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know the like customs of how to execute and like do it. Mm. And so like on Monday afternoon, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym for the first time by myself. Right. And I'm like, I'm 23. Like, why is this like, feel like such a thing? And I was like, kind of anxious about it. And I was like, we well, need to go get shoes. Mm. I don't know what I'm doing. So I need to go to like the, the store and like buy a pair of climbing shoes. Cause then I've like got a pair of shoes that I can like climb with. Did you do that right? straight away? Yeah. You just went and bought shoes before you even climbed. No, I climbed it. No, no, I climbed a couple of times, and then I went. I really like this. I'm going to commit okay. to this. Yeah, and I yeah. convinced him. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and no, it like, is so much better when you got shoes. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I need to get the shoes, and I want to go get a pair of shoes, but I don't really know what I'm looking for. So I'm going to go into the store and and like not know anything and be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you like help me? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's good to acknowledge. You that. know, yeah. and and like and they were great, but I was like anxious about having that experience, and then anxious about then going into the gym because I only climbed with people that knew climbing and stuff before. And then, so I knew that I was going to have to like come in by myself and then like figure out like how to do it, you know, and everything ended up being fine. Zane ended up actually being there. Like it was, you know, like, um, but I like went this morning by myself as well, but it was just like that newness of an experience and Mm -hmm. not knowing those boundaries and like not, you know, I'm so familiar with just like going to the gym and lifting weights, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've just got a routine that I do and it's like, easy because mm. I've done it but I remember the first time I went to the gym it's like super daunting and because it's a new experience and it's a new like vocabulary of like how do I exist in this weird space with other people where we're all just like lifting heavy things that have been designed just for us to lift you know and now go into this place which is like a playground of things on a wall that we're climbing mm. based on a set you know it's like you're learning a new language and you're doing it publicly I feel like and, that's yeah. the main thing that stands out from your story for me it's like when you have to learn something new in front of all of these people who in, again, in your primal brain, like you, you're looking at them and the other, you're like, they know so much, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm the only one who doesn't know anything. And you feel so many degrees of separation, but you've just got to push through it. Most of the time you'll run into someone, especially with climbing, that'll help you learn something new. Mm. But also those great moments of like, when you're in public and you don't know what you're doing at an event or a job or something and you've got to fake it till you make it, you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I know exactly how that works. But you're sticking out like a sore thumb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it's like when you go to a party and, like, the one person you know goes to the bathroom and you go, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you're looking around, everyone's in conversations. Yeah. And, then, and then in your head you're like, Everybody knows that I'm the one out. Everybody yeah. knows I'm a loner. <laughs> and so you're just kind of waiting by yeah. the bathroom, you know, and you're like, come on, come there on. There are like <laughs> tricks that you can do yeah. to yeah. like make yourself more confident. And yeah. you know, like what I do before most social things is like something, I just jump a little bit or like do some exercise or just go a bit crazy mm. to get my energy levels up. And then also think about someone who inspires you and something that you're proud of that you've done because then you're already like, you know, your brain's work and then you're also like coming in with this aura of confidence and then you have things that are on your mind that you can talk about that you're passionate about as well. And I think it also, it gets better with practice, Mm, like pretty much everything in life, right? But the more you practice and especially doing it sober, especially with the drinking culture in Australia Mm. and how we interact socially, like the alcohol seems to always be that mental lubricant of like, okay, Mm. well, my inhibitions will lessen the more that I drink and, you know, and then you may or may not end up crossing that threshold. But Mm -hmm. if you can practice doing it sober, it, it makes the world of difference and it can make a lot of difference bringing it back to a creative practice standpoint. It makes a lot of difference for you professionally. Mm. Like when you have to interact with new people professionally, 
you don't know what to say or if maybe you get a last minute gig or you, you're asked to MC something, you're asked to facilitate something. Like yeah. honestly, wow. being able to let hold space with people is hard. So yeah. it you is know. something to go out of your way to practice if you can. Yeah. This reminds me of last night when we went to uh, Rosa Mac and Graham Moe's gig at the Bearded Lady and they had no one on the door. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was just on the door. Yeah, Zane, literally, it was like Zane worked there. Yeah. Like, all Genius. of a sudden, Zane was I love on that. the door. And just, you you know? just Zane is so good on door, though. Yeah. I do. But yeah. you're, also, you're also really good, I think, of like, just like operating in those public situations. Mm. You know, like, yeah. and I think that's yeah. something that you're very good at and you've mm. developed. I think also, you A know, lot like, of work. In yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really shows, you know, mm. like it's like one of those standout things that I think is a skill set you have. Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's interesting. It's like, I was kind of thinking, I was like, huh, you know, it's like, so there is this level of social anxiety. And I think it's something a lot of people like face. Mm. Right. And it's like constantly, like I find this constantly a battle of like, do I want to like go out and do something where I know there's going to be a level of social anxiety or stay home and just hang out. And like, I know it's a guaranteed good time here because it's I'm just going to be, nostalgia versus you know, the unknown exactly, man. Yeah. Right. Um, but the thing is, is that it's like realizing, okay, well, there are probably experiences in my past where I've had social situations with people that I just didn't vibe with, you know, like you also, and, and you can't use that as this base of like what all of those interactions are going to be like. Mm. And like, honestly, then also like developing that confidence in yourself of going, if I want to leave, I can leave, Mm. you know, but there's like a big accomplishment in actually going out and doing something, having an experience you know, knowing that I've got ownership over my own experience and I don't want to like shade it, like compare the best case scenario of staying at home versus the worst case scenario of going out, Mm. you know, Mm. um, that accomplishment of actually going out and doing something, interacting, you just never know what's going to happen. And you're exactly right. It's like a muscle. It's like the more you do it, you know, like yeah, the, the less of that anxiety I think is going to take hold. Yeah. Also quiz me this. Do you Quizzled think me that. <laughs> that your creative practices are informed by you having in the past ventured to experience a new emotion or a new feeling that you hadn't which expressed before? Because then that's something that you are familiar with and can share and try to connect to other people by. I think that's such a good question. <laughs> um, I think for me, sometimes I don't push myself to try new things and that is definitely where I will stagnate creatively Mm. because I'm not being introduced to anything new so if I'm trying to write something or like you know like play a song or do something on the uke and I'm just using the same chords over and over again I'm not learning anything new and then I feel like I'm stagnating and then I put it down and then I don't I don't go back to it I don't feel like I'm accomplishing anything and Mm. it becomes it it dampens your yeah it dampens your long-term relationship with your creativity if you don't push yourself in the rest of your life and it's interesting how connected even though maybe sometimes we separate our everyday life from our creative Mm. existence they (laughs) always end up being hand in hand right yeah yeah well i think also it's like so much of like life is about experience Mm. and it's like i feel like that's a value that i've had and we've all spoken about but then i'm like oh but do i always like live by that and i think a lot of time i don't because i'm like there is this like safety and in and, and in seclusion, I think, in a lot of ways. And it's like 
like using an example of like going out last night, like I was kind of like umming and ahhing and then there was this part of me and this part of me that like fought against the anxiety of going to the gym. There's something that I've started to become very conscious of. And I went, no, this is you trying to just like seclude and not do things mm. because it's like easy. Mm. It's like, no, like go out to this gig. You're going to have a good time. You love live music. You love like supporting your housemates. Like go, had an awesome time. But there was literally like one thing I've taken note. There was a moment that happened there that I want to like capture in some other way creatively. And it was, we were listening to the music and we were sitting at the bar mm. so we could see the music happening in front of us, but we could also see this mirror, the, the window that was behind the performance. And so the music sort of blaring out into the street and there was, there's like a crack in the window and there was this lady walking past the, the street and she like, she heard the music and she was kind of dancing to it. And then she put her hand up onto the cracked glass. Yeah. It was a beautiful, it moment. was a beautiful moment. And then she like went away and then she came back and she started dancing out on the street in front of the, the place. And I went, Oh, what a beautiful, like, I just like saw it as a film to me <laughs> of like this, like a shot starting in the middle of this bar, which is live music. And I think there's something so cathartic mm. of like watching people like, like sing and engage with music and, and like, like open up, you know, through music but then being that person who's outside of that, mm. but still getting so much from it and mm. having their own beautiful experience and almost like then following them. Like, mm. yeah. I'm just like, what a beautiful thing. That would be such an interesting way to introduce a main character. Yeah. Maybe yeah. start on someone else, maybe a secondary character and make it seem like it was them. And then eventually, and then you followed that storyline. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, that is so, I was like, that only comes from, you know, like, going out and having mm. these experiences and like, mm. you know, like being in a social situation and, and, and sort of like exploring those things. Mm. Um, Even what, the yeah. juxtaposition of the experiences of all the people that walked past that window, right? Yeah. Mm. It's like you would sort of see a snapshot of them walking past. They would either have a grin or a frown or, you know, they would walk slowly and be intrigued or they would walk straight past and ignore. You know, like there's all these different levels of experience from like that one moment or the people that walk past the window. It's an mm. interesting concept for a film or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also it's just being exposed to like the human experience in so many ways, you know, it's like seeing how other people exist and also like recognizing that, like, I think it's very easy to get in our own heads, mm. especially because like, I feel like we, when you work a lot and when like work is like a massive part of your life, like I definitely feel like it's overbalanced. I think in probably all of our lives and some of we reflect on a lot is that like yeah. in the pie chart of our life, work probably takes up a little bit more than it probably should. Um, and w especially when you come out of like, you know, we're coming out of this really busy time. Mm. Like I've been, I've like not been able to go Sorry. out and socialize for months mm. because I've literally just been so like, I just haven't had the time. It's like I work until, you know, five or six at night and I'm so knackered mm. that I just like want to like eat dinner chill out for a bit and then like go to bed so I can get up and do it all again. Yeah. And like you go into that and then you realize, wait a second, this has become a habit, you know, like the temptation, this has become the temptation now, Yeah. you know, and this is like my vice of like coping and dealing with all of this, but it's actually not what makes me truly happy. What makes me truly happy is going out, having new experiences, engaging with humanity outside of there, mm -hmm. not just being in my own head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like, and cause then you kind of think, well, it, you know, I'm, I'm the isolated one. I'm the one in my own head that like sees the world and gets getting anxious and all that. But it's like, everyone has that. Everyone knows that intimately. We just don't necessarily like openly talk about it all the time. Mm. But then we, you know, in most circumstances, when you actually go out and you do challenge yourself, even if, 
you know, the gig isn't the best thing. I'm not saying that was the case last night. It was an amazing gig. But, you know, like, or, like, the experience isn't exactly what you were hoping for. But the fact that you, like, went out and you did have an experience that was different mm. than just sitting at home, mm. you know? Sometimes you need sitting at home, mm. you know? Sometimes you do. But it's that variety and those, like, those, like, I guess, like, the variety of different experiences you can have, I think, are always going to influence your creativity, influence mm-hmm. who you are and and how you relate to yourself and the world around you. Mm. It's also building that healthy relationship with risk. I mm. find for me, it's I'm a lot of sheltering is built around the fact that I don't want to make a mistake or I don't want to get something wrong or some and you know and the butterfly effect and some some people can have that from a really young age that like intense fear of risking things of putting things on the line of you know messing up and if you can build a healthy relationship with risk and understand how to read a situation how to read a person which is a really important thing Mm. in life is how to understand and read a person engage what the risk is to be involved with that person in any form of relationship or with a situation kind of changes your outlook on the world and what you can experience and you know what you know you can push yourself to and what can be too far Mm. yeah I also say like out of that, like also learning to know yourself a bit too, Mm. like knowing when to like call yourself out in your own bullshit Mm. and go like, okay, are you actually, you know, you know, like, are you actually taking a risk or are you just convincing yourself you're taking a risk? Yeah. You know, when the actual risky thing is to actually go, you know, like, you know, like, are you saying that, oh, I need to take the day off because I've been working so hard or is it that you're just trying to like, like feed this kind of cycle of just overworking yourself and burning out? You keep saying, no, I'm getting better. I'm like learning from this and I'm making adjustments. It's like, yeah, I'm learning, but I'm not actually implementing any of the things I'm learning because I'm just constantly in the same cycle. Mm. Um, And and knowing when to call yourself out on that, knowing when to like ask for help, Mm. knowing when to like look for other ways out of it. And I think this is a hard thing as creatives, you know, is because like a lot of times we identify with the work we do, Mm. you know, like we, we, we validate ourselves, you know, rightly or wrongly with the work that we put out and the work that we do, you know? And I think that is where this, the the danger comes from too, Mm. you know, especially when you're like, you know, expressing yourself, whether that be socially uh, emotionally or, or even through your art, you know, mm. like it can be a heavy burden to sort of reckon with, but learning to know yourself makes it safer for you, mm. you know, knowing where your boundaries are and knowing like what you need and, um, mm. grounding yourself in, in what's important to you and what, what you value. Mm. Mm. I have a few things on my mind just from all of that. Go. Um, the idea of like the world being a playground, you know, and, and just sort of, that I don't know this has been strumming in my head a bit um at any point if I just went outside and just because I do find a lot of solace and comfort in this home and just pigging out a little bit um but if I was just to go out in the world and just walk somewhere like there's all this activity going on constantly that you can just engage in mm. whenever you feel like mm. I like it's a bit comforting knowing that thinking that of it as like a playground Second thing is this one line that Michael Singer has in The Untethered Soul, which is, I'm paraphrasing, something around your energy is your birthright and you can access the full potential of that at any point in time. Mm-hmm. The only thing holding you back is yourself and your inner voice. Um, and just an interesting, I did a little Google of nostalgia and the brain. Yeah, so this beautiful. is from... Neurology Live, 
Nostalgic experience trigger metabolic activity and blood flow in several brain regions and can be useful emotional strategy or a harmful addiction. How interesting is Whoa. that? Dude, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. Extremity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. It, it's like, I think this ties into so many things that we've spoken about too. And like, I love, I love that. I love that quote mm. as well. Mm. Like this idea of like that you actually, you are empowered mm. to like how you utilize your energy. And we're speaking a lot about energy today. Taryn mm. and I were sort of yeah. doing a bit of a work session today and like mm. a lot about energy and sort of resources and, um, the fact that like, yes, we have a lot on, but we also control that energy. Yeah. Like mm. we're in charge. We're the ones who make the decision to allocate the energy in the way that we do. Yeah. Um, and like you said, catching yourself out when you're bullshitting yourself. Mm. Yeah. That's really important, you know? Yeah, it is. And it it, is. especially in, within creative industries, there's an easy, easy pitfall to fall into. And what Zed and I were talking a lot about today is, I'm letting other people decide where you spend your energy because then you're not as culpable. And it's like, oh, well, I was doing that for someone else. I was working on this for someone else. or they needed me to do so much work Hmm. or this person wasn't helping enough. So I needed to step up. And it's like, well, if you don't call yourself on your own bullshit and decide where you're going to spend your energy, then no, you can't, no one else is ever culpable for where you spend your energy because at the end of the day, you're in charge of that decision. As much as you would like to say, no, they need, I needed that. And unless, mm. unless they are like literally in charge of your life, I do not think that yeah. they're culpable. It's hard. It requires like tough conversations with yourself and with other people, you know, mm. like, and, and I think it, you know, like requires self-reflection. Sometimes it requires you to lean into this nostalgia and look back at like, when are the moments that I was most happy mm. or that I felt most aligned with what I'm doing? And what's missing in my life right now? And sometimes that's a hard thing to happen. And that's where I think then like the nostalgia can be very productive. But then also if you like fall back into it, you just like live in that past nostalgia, which like, yeah, it's something that I think I've wrestled with pretty, you know, like when I first came back to Australia after being in the US, like I was, my relationship with nostalgia was like totally toxic. Mm. You know, I was like just living in the past of who I was. It is so amazing how much place affects that. Yeah. Because every time I've traveled, I go out into the world all the time. Like the minute that I'm not around my, like my really daily creature comforts, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I like Mm. turn into this completely different person. Or even sometimes if you leave a relationship and then it's like, oh my gosh, I did so much in that period of time that I didn't have this like daily creature comfort of, and you know, also maybe that just has to do with the fact that you've got a little bit more time or whatever. But it's interesting how we can attach ourselves to a place or a person or, you know, like a home or a or bed. Or a routine. Or a routine, know? yeah. Yeah. And well, you're, yeah, you're attaching emotional imbalances to these things. Yeah, and it's like, know? well, how can I go out into the world and be that completely other person and then come back here and then magically, like, it's impossible. Like, I'm, I'm just not that person. Like, I tell myself, I convince myself mm. I'm not that person, but I am. Mm. I'm both, but I've got to find a healthier balance. Mm. Yeah. Mm. It's like sometimes you've got to like rewrite or like unwrite to rewrite, Mm. you know, it's like sometimes you actually have to go back and like unwrite who you think you are to then rewrite and like rediscover parts of yourself. Or sometimes you need to go back and go, Oh, I love this part of myself. Mm. You know, like, I think this is like what this gets down to fundamentally is like as artists and as human beings, we're this like evolving creature and like 
360 degree direction <laughs> you know like there are parts of us that are just exp- like we're just constantly expanding mm. you know and sometimes you hit walls just like that- the universe yeah literally right like a white hole you know like yep. we're just we're like spilling like a white hole well yeah because like white talking ho- about your white <laughs> <laughs> I realise <laughs> <laughs> And you're welcome. Well done, I'm mate. here every nice. Tuesday, yeah, everyone. Well done. Well done. That's good. Um, no, well, I, I realized that we were talking a little bit about like space and stuff. Mm. And, and I was talking with some other people about it, about like the way that like a white hole is like opposite of black hole, but it's a block, black hole sucks in a lot of things. The white hole. I'm, I'm sticking to this. I'm sticking to this allegory. Um, the white hole like is like spewing out matter. Right. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I, we should get Chrissy to laugh at this because yeah, yeah. we were just talking about oh. we were just talking about laughing at our own jokes too much and how sometimes they're very inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I think as human beings, we operate in both of those things. We're constantly getting inputs, and then we're also outputting out into the world. But mm. sometimes what you have to do is also like draw in to then like re-expand in certain directions and figure mm. out okay. Like, where am I sitting with all of these factors of my life? Like, I can't be focusing on all of them simultaneously. But what I can do is gradually, like, like stretch out and push out and pull in and, and, and develop a, I guess, like, a, a version of myself based on all of the experiences that I ha- I've had. A culmination. Yeah, that, like, ground, that grounds you and that you feel content with. And sometimes mm. you're way off. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to go, I actually have to pull yeah. my, like, identity way back this way. Yeah. But that's also like, don't neglect that or like mm. which way you went, like you're still experimenting. I feel like right? that's one of the beauties of um, being like, you know, that tween age, teenage age yeah. and you just try every genre. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you're one week, you're a skater and then yeah. you're the yeah. next and then it's this and then it's that. And that is this beautiful like metamorphosis of just like trying anything that you see and you think looks cool and then you run at it hard with your whole heart. Yeah. And then sometimes it sticks for a bit and then maybe you change. But then... As adults, it's like we're supposed to just okay now pick one, hurry up and pick one. Supposed you've got to, to pick, yeah, you've got to pick one. It's branding. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so it's like oh you're 21, you've got to pick. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. oh you're 27. That's you. That's you. Yeah. That's you pick forever. Pick your identity, mate. Yeah. You know. All right. Awesome. Congratulations. Do it. It's like Futurama. <laughs> you know the yeah. job chip that mm. they get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were watching the first drama. episode of Futurama recently. Oh, really? And the first yeah. episode of Futurama, Fry shows up in 3000. 3, oh, 2999. Yeah, yeah. And then Leela is like, um, sort of like the processing person. So you got to do what you yeah, got to do. Yeah, and so she's got to like, like she runs a program and she goes, all right, you're a delivery boy. And she's got to insert the chip into him to be like, this is who you are. This is your identity. Mm. Yeah. And it's like this kind of like, in this very funny comedic show, it's like, oh wait, that's like quite a, mm. you know, actually quite relevant because so much of it is like, we label ourselves. It's like when you introduce yourself, it's like, what do you say? It's like, what do you do? You know, yeah. it's like, well, no, but who are you? Like, but you're not just what you do. There are so many other ways to introduce yourself, mm. you know? spiritually yeah you know, or like or energy emotionally other than just what do you do mm. as like but the, even within what you do i feel like so many people it's like if you try a lot of different things it's kind of frowned upon you know and especially as a creative i get this so much like mm. yeah i have practices that i love that my heart is tied to and stuff but oh man of my creative practices disparate <laughs> like mate yeah, uh, yeah. i will uh, just if it's shiny i'll try it you know i, I feel like this is <laughs> yeah. the rise of like the interdisciplinary artist yeah because everyone's like i don't know how to fit into any box so i'm just gonna call myself interdisciplinary yeah. because that's just like one term that everyone will go oh okay oh, yeah. you know when it sounds no, but it's the most it is yeah but it's also the most accepted 
version of yeah. it. No, and it is hard because literally just at Yonder, I like, I've done the panel thing with Voices of Color. I've come off the stage. I've kind of said on stage, like, yeah, I do a lot of different things, but mainly videography marketing. And then I come off the stage and everyone's like, no, okay, cool. But what do you do? And I'm like, yeah, lots of, th- like, I'm, mm. like, I'm 22. Like I'm figuring it out. And I understand this, like, yeah, kind of, it's a buzzword interdisciplinary, mm. but I'm like, thank God there's a word for it at least because not that long ago if you didn't have a pathway mate you were just like you you hadn't got it figured out you know i think this is the this is sort of this constant wrestle we have right is because like what what drives creativity is like exploration Mm. right and it's exploration of self exploration of the world around us it is the seeking and curiosity it's all of these things but it's unfinished Mm. no project is ever finished Mm. you know and and i think what where where it comes into conflict with the way that i think just society operates and this mechanism of of what society has to be for so many people is right. It needs to reduce things down into a simple form that can be put on paper, that can be articulated very clearly. And, and I think like, that's great. You know, it's like, it's great to go into this point. Awesome. I do a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, then, you know, what struggle with that is, but then sometimes that can limit these deeper conversations of, yeah, but like, who are you? What do you do? What excites mm. you? You know, I think that's a much more interesting question than what do you mm. do is what excites you? Yeah. Like, what are you excited by right now? Because mm. yeah, that is a better depiction month. of who you are than what you do. You know, like I remember I was at a, I was at a, a party recently that was like with... What, you left the house? Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. crazy. Was I socially anxious on the way there? Hell yeah, I was. Hell yeah. Uh, did I have I to did meditate some star in the Uber? Yeah, I did. <laughs> did I have to think of Zane's who inspires you? Yes, I did. Yes. And then I got there and it was great. But I was having a lot of conversations with people that were sort of like 20 to 30 years my senior. And... Like, you know, I had some great conversations. I had some other conversations that were just kind of like, I was like, oh, like, I noticed myself because I was like, I don't know. I was like, what do you do? You know, and they told me what they did. And then like, they kind of followed up with, it just pays the bills or it's not very interesting. And I was like, and then I was like, oh, okay. And the conversation kind of doubled. And then I was like, oh, what about your kids? What do you, you know, like, do you have kids? And then, and then all of a sudden they lit up and it was like, Mm. oh, it's like what they're excited about. Mm. They're excited about this future that their kids have, about this family they've had. I asked them about like when they went to uni and like, they're like, yeah, I met this person at uni and we used to do this law thing and, and you know, uh, someone, so-and-so was doing this and it was like, oh, you know, it's actually about like, what is exciting people? Like what are the things they hold on to and they cherish? What are they excited for? I feel like we should totally make this like a common part of yeah. conversation now. I feel like for what sure. excites you should be a, yeah. like a hey, sentence yeah. that you get. Cause you always go like, Hey, what's going on? How are you? What do you do? What do you do for work? Yeah. What excites you is the next thing, guys. Yeah. Mm. Well, we I, should... I reckon everyone who's listening now, we have a pretty solid fan base these oh, days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're massive you know? in Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> you know, just start trying to say that in conversation. Sprinkle it. Sprinkle, sprinkle it, it We can't go full the force. World. Just sprinkle it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, and if you come up to me and you say, what excites you right now? I'll give you a little wink and a handshake. Oh my that's gosh, my Zane guarantee. Yeah, Everyone yeah. else has to pay. Whoa. Yeah, no yeah. Patreon subscription for that. Oh Carl must be wow. spewing. Wow. Wow. That's um that's that's, that's big a great news. deal. I'm news. totally gonna use <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, deal. yeah, exactly. But he won't respond to the question. <laughs> is that He'll part just of wink the Black Friday sales? Wait, yeah, yeah, this is the crash like Black Friday sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, sure. I do think it is such a good question, mm. like to, to add in and I think just to open that conversation up. I think it also takes away any vocabulary. Yeah, well also takes away any like 
fear of identification of like how you identify, you know, how you're identifying yourself in relationship to other people, mm. you know, it's like, no, well, what excites you? Because we all have things that excite us or that we're curious about. Mm. Um, mm. So I think it's, it's quite powerful in that way. Yeah. Yeah. There's this dichotomy for me. Like, I feel like there's this pursuit of life experience and then the pursuit of a career or something meaningful with impact. But it's not to say that they can intertwine or the things that I do sporadically and disparately are not impacting and meaningful mm. to some degree. Mm. So I think that like this conversation has actually given me a lot of peace in where I am and like what I am excited by. Mm. So I just want to formally thank you both for that oh conversation. It's really so beautiful. Welcome. Thank you. No, thank you. I feel like mm. this is why we do the podcast, right? Yeah. We didn't really know what we're going to talk about no. today, but I feel like naturally, starting from temptation, we've ended yeah. up somewhere that's you know actually like a quite a profound thing. And I think it's something that even between the three of us, I think we should be asking more. Mm. You know, like what excites you right now? Yeah. Like what are you excited about? What are you like learning about? Mm. Um, because I think it's a great way to like mm. continue to grow also collectively, you know, as we as we yep. look at the craft site and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Mm. I also uh, came up with the podcast title while you were talking about white holes a pizza base of creativity or something like a pizza base of yeah anyway just thought i put a little easter egg bonus in the in the episode if you're listening to this it happened the (laughs) the title happened in the episode oh what else is happening (laughs) oh no that's this is gonna come out after after the event never mind we would have we would have our last event for for the year year. Mm. which is exciting our last working event it's been a massive year Massive, I, yeah. I assume maybe next week will be our reflection episode. Yeah. Oh, yep. We'll, Sounds good. Yeah, we'll next respond to some stimulus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Shall I end the episode with a definition of temptation Hit us. from Google? The desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. <laughs> I feel like we've totally <laughs> like reinterpreted, reinvigorated that definition. Yeah. yeah. I think it's more about the temptation. It's only one definition. Something, right? There's two similar definitions. Okay. A thing that attracts or tempts someone and the tempting of Jesus by the devil. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. I think it's like a biblical term and that's yeah. why it's something to do with right and wrong. Yeah. It really yeah. annoys me because yeah. I think life is a gray area. There's also, no such agree. thing as right and I wrong. Agree. How do you describe a feeling to someone who's not you? Mm. It's hard, mm. you know? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Temptation, like temptation is probably totally different to each of us individually, to everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, screw those definitions. Yeah. Screw any need to yeah, define yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, screw the off You've been listening to the non-defined <laughs> Crash Creative Podcast. The Call it whatever you want. Yeah, is this even a podcast? <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Who cares? This is an I think audio waves I think reaching just you. Fat chat. Through Fat infinite chats. white space, white holes. Oh, yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Episode 19, Crash Creative Podcast. We'll see you next week. Should we start a um, start this podcast with uh, when we figure out what the topic is with a poetic um, reading from Men at Work? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the topic? <laughs> He's just gonna poetically read. You one guys of the figure verses. it out while I read okay, this. Okay. You guys can whisper. Right. Traveling in a fried out combi on a hippie trail, head full of zombie.
and met a strange lady. She made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast, and she said, Do you come from a land down under, where women glow and men plunder? Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? You better run, you better take cover. Buying bread from a man in Brussels, he was six foot four and full of muscle. I said, do you speak her, my language? He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich, and he said, I come from the land down under, where beer does flow and men chunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Better run, well, you better take thunder. cover. The <laughs> Lying in a den in Bombay with a slack jaw and not much under. to say. <laughs> I said to him, the men down, down under. Are you trying thunder. to tempt me? Because I come from plenty. And he said, Oh, do you come from a land down under? Oh, yeah, yeah. Where women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear? Can't you hear? Wait, what are the lyrics to that? You better run, you better take cover. I come from the land down under. Where women blow and men thunder. It's blow of something. It's like he's referring to them farting or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah.